0: The Gaming Guru Podcast. He's still the best gaming podcast in the world. Boo baby. It's podcast time. Not only is it podcast time, it is the gaming guru podcast time. What up? Easily the greatest podcast, gaming podcast in the world. We have to add all those clarifications. because No, we
1: do. In case people are, you know, wondering, nervous. Or verifying, you know, that they're
0: actually going to check this up. Verified. Yeah, we need a little verified tick. So if the greatest podcast of all time committee could just get back to us on our multiple applications. On
1: verifying our Twitter account. So, but
0: uh, yeah. thanks for tuning in. It is another week and another episode of the Gaming Guru Podcast, and this week we've got stacks of little tidbits. You know, um, some tidbits. Is it tidbits or tidbits? Because I see it. I think I think it's tids. Yeah, but I like to say tidbits. Yeah, indeed. It's, yeah, like rolls off a bit better. It does a bit. So uh, today, w- interesting enough, there's quite a bit of news. Um, at least more so. It would feel then during the peak news period of the gaming kind yeah. of calendar, which is obviously. Uh, e3 that's passed um they searching for what's happening in the news there seems to be a heck of a lot more than you know than one would expect for this time of year because you'd think it'd be like oh all the news drops and so now let's just shut up till we get to play the games in like september
1: yeah no um actually an interesting story coming out uh, from cd project red in the last in the last week um involving sort of transgender representation in the upcoming game yeah uh so there was a you know, looking back at the footage, there was uh, um, there was a poster in uh, in the game that uh, showed um, a female representing model with a big old erection under a under a onesie, okay, yeah, that's one. and, yes. uh, and a nice big um, title and a need saying "mix it up." And of course, this got a bit of a backlash from the transgender community, saying that it you know fetishizes um, trans people, <clears throat> and um, the artist. Uh, the artist who put it together yeah. um, responded, saying that you know the person that he put together is from the time period that the game is set in, in yeah. 277, where body modifications are, you know, are rampant and yeah. all over. So, I mean, that's half of
0: the the game's appeal—is that like you can adjust yourself in terms of like cybernetic enhancements? Or yeah, that, yeah, and
1: and I think they're going really deep with this in that you know cybernetic enhancements and uh, body modifications are. Very rampant and they're yeah. all over the place to things as simple as, you know, replacing your eyes or yeah. your hands to, you know, replacing sexual organs. Yeah. so I think it's interesting because a lot of games have always gone,
0: oh, the cybernetic enhancement will only ever be to make you a better assassin. If you know yeah. what I mean, like, so you hack computers better or you've got laser sights mm. or whatever. Why can't the bod mods to be like give yourself an old fourteen incher? Like no, it really please, just like yeah, you, right? it's twenty seventy seven. You're modding yourself more than just your like ability to kill people.
1: Yeah, instead of like you know buying a new pair of shoes, like yeah. you put some wheels where your feet you know exactly. Yeah, be, and, oh, and you I mean Heelys. Yeah, some <laughs> <laughs> so 27.7 Heelys. So so yeah, Sequester so director um, Mateos Tomaskovic.
0: Yeah, sounds polished uh, Good job.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he um, actually commented on this and defended it, defended the transgender imagery, saying that they really want to have um, the ability to create trans- transgender characters in the character creator. Yeah. So. Um, so has he confirmed that there'll be a character creator? Because I they thought what people. They have okay. Because yeah. you know, I,
0: I suppose I was wondering if it's going to be one of those The Witcher Gerald de Rivier, like that is your character. You can change his haircut and whether he has a beard, but he'll always have that scar and white hair. It's, yeah. that's the character. So you can choose what kind of character. Yeah.
1: So the character is V that we yeah. we know of now, and in the last I guess two big trailers they gave us, they had one showed the male version of V, okay. one showed a female yeah. version of V. So they're kind of like it's the same story with the same character yeah. showing the different uh, genders. And so v what is I
0: think kind of nondescript enough that you could also be some sort of alien. Exactly. Order.
1: Exactly. So so what I think is going to happen is they're going to have these kind of um, um, like Mass Effect. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, like Mass like Effect. You got you got Femme Shepherd, you got yeah. male, you got Male Shepherds, you got the set versions, and then you can tweak them in between. Yeah, yeah. And um, because of the sort of uh, like heavy focus on body modification, it makes sense thematically to be able to to modify really? and change the look of your of your character. I think it's interesting
0: though you mentioned the like it's the transgender community stepping out and going, Oh, this fetish fetishizes, mm-hmm. um, transgenders, mm-hmm. transgender people um it's just it's weird for me because then it's just like when women were first introduced into character selection you know because mm. i mean let's be honest that was the step it, yeah. it used to be just males and then like oh you could play as a female where people suddenly going oh my word 12 year old boys can play as girls That's fetishes <laughs> fetish that's a word fetishizes yeah. women and now 12 year old boys are going to be dressed up as a sexy woman and that's going mm. to re- what like such a fine line between representation and yeah. oh we're just trying to fetishize everything there yeah well, i mean like
1: <clears throat> i mean it, it is a fine line because at the same time you know here is um this is a this is a futuristic sci-fi like game yeah. you know it's it's fantasy it's not real way, yeah. right it's not it's, it's close not to wizards and dragons is but at the same time you know if, if, if it wants to step into that space where it's you know making a comment on or giving representation yeah. to a certain sector of society you know that's sort of at like kind of like a Sort of like, I I don't want to say infantile stage of its kind of like growth. And very very early stage. Yeah, and and sort of like um, kind of public uh, penetration. You know, you need to also kind of be sensitive to the fact that like, you know, these issues do exist. I mean, there's, you know, there's a whole segment on like, you know, on Pornhub dedicated to like the fetishization of um, transgender people. Yeah. And, uh, and I heard. think that's that's a uh, I think that's probably a perception that they've tried to battle against, yeah, yeah. you know, in recent in recent times. So you know, like life imitating art, imitating life. Yeah, like kind of. So so I mean, it's I guess I recognize where that's coming from. Yeah. At the same time, you need to I guess you know we need to be able to like look at uh, art from the perspective of an artist yeah, as well. Yeah. So another classic
0: uh, kind of gamer interrogation of. Uh, content i bet this poster was not like put out as as a standalone piece of pr yeah. someone analyzed a no, random poster on completely a, yeah, between it's, it's, second it's like a exactly yeah. and they've zoomed in like sector 4g and that's exactly
1: what it looks like
0: <laughs> what, and so it's blurry but someone's made it out and yeah, yeah and like, somehow they've noticed that chick's got a dick <laughs> oh my god okay good. well done gamers you fucking <laughs> Again, so, yeah. um, I was interested in the story you, you telling me earlier about the Nintendo kind of they don't say admitting that cloud <laughs> might be the future, but they're kind of going like, you yeah, see the possibility. They
1: did definitely say Nintendo sees future in cloud gaming. Oh, so yeah. um, I, I thought this was relevant uh, just kind of because of what we chatted last yeah. time, you know, in terms of uh, cloud gaming and how we think that it could kind of sort of take the biggest market share away from Nintendo specifically yeah. because their platform is, is mobile. Is mobile, it's a handheld device, um, it's kind of end-to-end, they don't really share cross-platform mm-hmm. at all.
0: I would love to know actually, how many people play the Switch in mobile compared to, uh, you know, as a dock console to console like, sort of thing. Because personally, like, <coughs> I don't think I ever play my Switch. I use my dock as a way to charge it. Oh, right. I pretty much only ever play it as a mobile platform. So and yeah. I can't imagine I'm I'm a standalone in that, yeah, in that no, usage way. I, you know, like.
1: I imagine so. Um, for me, it's a case of, um, Look, Nintendo traditionally, or at least historically, ha- has kind of fallen behind in terms of their um, their online functionality. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, it was only like a few short months ago that they introduced cloud saves into yeah. their in, into their platform. So and To be honest,
0: their shop is, I want to say, one of the weaker ones. If definitely. I compared to, definitely. Um, People are begging them yeah, to put more. Compared, compared to, at launch. least at launch. At launch, it was like, I think 12 games at launch and then the rest were all like, I don't want to say, they were like cheap sort of uh, hundred rand games that it felt like they were just padding padding. like the the library.
1: Yeah. So, you know, with, with so many, you know, so the technology is there and with so many games actually coming to Mm. streaming platforms in within the next two years, you know, it's, you know, are people going to be in I guess people who would have bought a console. Yeah. Um, might still do so. But mm-hmm. the others who are on the fence will be like, well, why should I spend yeah, six, yeah. 7,000 Rand on a console and when I can I just have, play these games on my phone? Yeah, that I have anyway? Stream like, it to my TV. Who, who doesn't have a phone these days? And, um, and that's definitely going to eat into, mm-hmm. uh, into Nintendo's market share. So what I want to know is what they're going to do in order to kind of uh, make sure that they stay on the map in an age of cloud gaming will they look at opening up their platform to let's say other devices yeah. I doubt it yeah, because for Nintendo it. it's all about the hardware like that is their selling point you know the switch is a switch like yeah. no other console plays like
0: it yeah yeah it's either going to be that you will be able to play other games via a Nintendo cloud service mm. um, yeah I don't see them like allowing you play Nintendo games on other platforms it might be like you might have your hand forced if that's where it yeah. all goes but it's just interesting that they're kind of like coming out and saying there is validity to it
1: yeah it's interesting that one of the um quotes from the from the director said we don't believe this tech will replace the switch which is basically <laughs> like pr for we do believe this is a problem <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. and we need to do something about it now
0: <laughs> yeah that that's for people who are Googling, should I buy a switch, you know, with it already yeah, being a couple exactly. of years into its last cycle and these articles will pop up and he just wants to, you know, put those fears to exactly. bed and go, yeah, you know, still <laughs> buy your Switch, please. Please.
1: Yeah, I says that. So we'll see what they do. Um, you know, I could imagine Nintendo maybe launching uh launching a third party app that would allow um people to stream their their Nintendo games yeah, that they yeah, have yeah. bought on the Nintendo store to their phone or whatever. Yeah. So but that would be, you know, uh, separate to let's say a Stadia or like a PlayStation or yeah. Ubisoft streaming. So yeah. you know what I mean. So, so there's so there's that. So is that and then um another EA story coming up in this last week um about uh, Cyber Security Intelligence Agency checkpoint uh, got in touch with them to let them know that there's uh, major vulnerabilities um, that exposed uh, EA Origin gamers to hackers. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: so I just wonder about that stuff because it's like if it was so secretive and securityness, and also an agency got hold of you, how the hell are we hearing about this? Yeah, like like it should be something as subtle as patch notes on Origin version eleven point one point seven point four B security upgrade, and you're like eh, innocuous enough. Meanwhile, major hacks were found by like <laughs> a massive multi million dollar security agency, and so we were forced to to protect your credit card.
1: Yeah, so this, this really did um, expose users to credit card and financial yeah. info fraud, uh, which is a big problem, particularly for EA, who are putting so much stock in uh, EA Origins and yeah. Origin Access and really kind of pushing all the users into that space with their staggered releases yeah. and trying to incentivize more Ooh, users I'm gonna to be the, on I'm going to put the
0: tinfoil hat on, right? Okay. okay. Conspiracy alert. With all these stores kind of doing their dance at the moment. So whether it's about they're trying to increase their libraries or they're trying to like, you know, get just a higher user base, whether they are giving devs better um, kickbacks so that they can promote their games on their store. Would, in terms of a corporate espionage um, kind of uh, conspiracy, uh, different platforms be trying to hack each other to expose security flaws yeah. to be able to go to the press and go, hey, you know, an anonymous oh. hacker who happens to work at Steam who, you know, managed to get all your credit card information on Origin. That would never happen at Steam. You should rather buy our games.
1: You know what? You know, if we're speaking in tinfoil hat terms, <laughs> I would not be surprised yeah. if that was the case. Like, They must have teams
0: hacking each other all the just,
1: time. No, completely. Like, I wouldn't put it past um, one of their competitors to even put budget and pay for someone like checkpoint to go, check. to go in and, and check and find vulnerabilities. Yeah. But then are you not only just like strengthening your competition or is it like negative PR because there's a story now that's come out. Yeah. So yeah, cause cause people they, go, yeah,
0: they do upgrade, but in the meantime, like
1: they do upgrade, but the story is that, you know, users were vulnerable. And when yeah. you read that, it's like, yeah. well, I was, and used I to say that I'm still, you know, that I'm safe now. Yeah. And but,
0: I, if I think back to PSN has been hacked twice, I think yeah. in recent memory, and I don't have my credit card details on there, but I know that, for example, with the hack, they probably got my social media info, because my handle's yeah. on there, because when you share data from Share Factory onto, you can go yes, straight yes, to Twitter, yes, or whatever. Yes. So someone out there has my Twitter handle, it's like not precious to me, but yeah. it's like, they can start the chain of, they've got your Twitter handle, then they can get where you live and all that sort of stuff. So for mm-hmm. a lot of people, that's, that's a big deal. And so the fact that it happened and it was innocuous as my Twitter detail, I'm still going, PSN is a little bit vulnerable.
1: You know, so don't have my credit card details on there. So along the lines of credit card details, um, G2A is also... What a, what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> G2A is also in like um, like a Twitter battle now with oh, yeah. um, with indie devs who took to Twitter last week to basically say, look, please just torrent our games rather than buying keys from G2A oh, yeah. because the, the back backpays from credit card fraud is just killing them. Um, what... G2. Oh, whenever yeah. there's a like a failed payment or whatever,
0: then yes, they, they exactly. get then, then it gets
1: defaulted to them yeah. because it was their game. By the way, yeah.
0: whenever someone talks about Twitter war, I just immediately have this like picture in my head of two neighbors over a white picket fence just hurling like old vegetables at each other. But the feeling that like the more you throw, the more ammunition you give the person <laughs> to throw back at you. Whereas if you just stop, you can just go, I have all this vegetables now. I'm just going to make compost and let it, let it sit there and do nothing. But then when I throw it back, I'm just giving them ammunition. This is good super- That's just my mental image I had to share.
1: Yeah, so uh, so basically the the scam has been for, for quite a while now that um, when people steal someone else's credit card details, they can uh, go buy a whole bunch of... Um, of game keys mm. and then basically launder the money by selling those game keys through G2A and the I guess their cash comes out clean on the other side because yeah. you can't prove whether these keys which are let's be
0: honest is slightly genius. Yeah. Like it's immoral as fuck and also it's illegal, it's, but like it's pretty clever. It's clear quite that.
1: common, but because G2A's storefront, you know, is basically like a grey market yeah, and doesn't for, care. You know, and <laughs> doesn't care, um, it, it allows for this uh, type of stuff yeah. to take place. Um, now, Steam has tightened up on this like a lot okay. in the last like three four years because there was, um, there were issues of this happening with uh, with Steam as a storefront, yeah. but that's why they've tightened up around like reselling, you know, mm. you can't resell skins in the first like, couple months, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So they're really putting checks and balances on that, so GTA g a not so much, and now they're in loggerheads with indie devs who are basically telling people to rather, instead of buying keys from them, go torrent it, steal our work yeah. rather than buying from G2A. Because as soon as these credit cards get cancelled, um, all those fraudulent payments get back charged to them and they just can't keep up. So question, when you pirate one of
0: their games and you happen to be one of those unlucky that get caught in the net of anti-piracy, what's them? Yeah. Do you basically have a letter from your parents? <laughs> <essentially>? <laughs>
1: just, look, they said I could they do it. They said I could. Like, yeah, I guess so.
0: It is. I, I guess so. Or is it seen as it's, like, it's oh, this is, if you went to court, it clearly like... This is tongue in cheek. They're basically trying to say, they're not saying power to games. They're just saying, this fucks us in the ass less. Yes. Than you're buying from GTA. We're not saying do it. Like you know?
1: Yeah, it just fucks us in the ass with like a really small. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, like EP. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So there's that. Um, last of Us Part 2. Rune yeah, ed- it's about to Ask. Rune I heard ed- about ed- that. Release 2020. Um, so it seems realistic. Naughty Dog haven't commented on it yeah. yet. Um, which I assume is because they want to make their own announcement. Yeah, of course. And I'm assuming that that's going to probably happen at you know PS uh, PlayStation the next
0: uh, state of player
1: PlayStation state of player. So
0: the thing is, having read the, the the leak as it were, it's not confirmed. It is a leak, but it's one of those. This leak comes from a, a Reddit user who has been right about it. I think he had their Stranding's date, right? He had another big PSN uh, launch, right? I couldn't remember the details. But then, and was also verified by another user who also has a really good track record of being like yeah, 90% that, that, That's right.
1: like serious Reddit clout. You yeah, know? it is. It's like, those,
0: it's like how many upvotes do you have? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Those are the guys yeah, who like, <laughs> when, when, they, when they post, it's almost seen as fact.
1: Yeah, that's it's like, like they, my, they're... It they might as well be working. They out. write down their weekly karma number and, like, yeah. post it on their wall, like, exactly. at home and just have a good old, a like, wank. About wank it. <laughs> a good old wank about it, yeah. And then, um, last but not least, uh, something that means a lot to me may not mean anything to anyone else out there. The Walking Dead comics is now finished. Yeah, and, at like, I do They
0: just kind of went, this was the last
1: one. Yeah, um, which is which is strange. Uh, Robert Kirkman, he, he said that he thought the comic could go on for around, you know, 300 issues or so. The fact is, he had... The ending in mind mm. and planned, you know, years ago around like issue 130. Yeah, he didn't know how many issues that was going to take mm, him to, to finish. get there. To get to that point, he thought, you know, maybe it's 100, maybe it's 200 issues. Who knows? But yeah. he had them. He had it all planned out. And um, you could get a sense, you know, in the letter hacks at the end. He write he, you know, he usually has the letters published in the back, yeah. uh, the last four pages of the comic, or he writes a big letter himself. You could tell, like. When he was getting closer to it, it that sense of dread, yeah. you know, um, wrapping up for him. It's uh, been a 15-year-long run. I've been reading the comics since 2008. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, one of my... What's the, you, I
0: presume you haven't been able to read the latest one yet. I have. Okay. Um, and d- does it feel like it wraps up properly or...
1: It does wrap up. I mean, after the second last uh, issue um, he killed of Rick Grimes, mm-hmm. the, the big main character... Yeah, yeah. And people thought, wow, this is going to change the story. You know, you know, Carl might yeah, take on a different, different direction, you know, but a different meanwhile. direction. But meanwhile, the the final issue was like a sort of like a, a 15 year time jump into the future. Where uh, Carl's grown up okay. and then the world's completely different. No one's seen a walker in like, you know, five years oh, or yeah. so on. And one pitches up and it causes a big hoo-ha. Okay. So it's just interesting. I, th- I think what he wanted to tell with the story was how far everyone's come. Because of Rick Grimes creating a safe yeah. space for everyone. And it really ends on like a very happy note. And it does feel like an ending. It's a long 72-page issue. Okay. Quite heavy to read. Um, I will say that I wrote a letter to him at one point mm-hmm. in the past. And it got published in Ooh. issue like 125. Yeah. Or something like that. So, yeah. so you one of my Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, got yeah. The, I got the issue. So, wow. I am, Tim Lester, officially a part of that body of work. Oh, that's work awesome. That feels... Forever. Yeah. That's Kim. Sick. So... I think cool. it's a great
0: segue for what I wanted to talk about today is, you know, your love of comic books. Mm. Um, and I like comic books. I won't say I'm a huge comic book fan in the type that I've got, in, I've got you know, a couple, but not a big collector or anything. I don't follow any particular artists, or, or, but I appreciate the medium. Mm. Um, and I think what a story that's been a lot of people's um, kind of agendas at the moment, uh, you know, in South Africa at least, is the... Subcultures within gaming. So this is yeah. a gaming podcast, but we can talk quite happily about comic books and movies. That, but the subcultures that coexist—they
1: I mean, trade spit from time yeah. to time. Yeah, yeah, of
0: course, other bodily fluids as well. And it's just the idea that they can coexist, and there's no real. I think it's because they've all been outsiders at one mm. stage. And why I bring this up is that quite recently uh, I attended Rush, which is a predominantly a gaming, actually predominantly an esports event that happened at Menland in Pretoria. Yeah. yeah. And great event, really enjoyed it, but there was definitely the sentiment of things could have been better. um, and a lot of that was kind of aimed towards the fact that it shared space with um, Geekfest. So Geekfest is, you know, as the name kind of like gives away, it's a festival for everything geeky. So, Cosplay, comic books, all sorts of merch. Board LARPing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just an absolute festival of geekery. Um, so. Kind of pub quizzes, but with geek themes and all that sort of stuff. So a lot of fun. And, but the, the feeling was that Rush was better because of the inclusion of GeekFest. But that GeekFest was worse off the inclusion of Rush. Yeah. Um, which interests me because I, I get where people are coming from. They want it to be their own thing. And yeah. I got that feeling uh, when I attended Comic-Con, which I want to think was a successful merger of kind of everything gaming, geeky, uh, e-sports and all that under one roof. I give give it the fact it was a three-story building, so multiple roofs. Yeah. But um, the fact that kind of everyone coexisted, but there was this feeling that people said like, oh, Comic-Con was great, but internationally Comic-Cons are just for comics. And you yeah. want to go, yeah, cool, but in South Africa, you can't get forty thousand people no, to into, an event into a room for like just comics. Yeah, there's uh, just there's not enough can't. fans. And so if you you're baiting in the gamers and the esports guys and there's some kids stuff and some parents stuff, whatever. Like it's everything for everyone. That's how you get people, and that's how you get these big events to come. Like so, it almost feels like this trade-off of you can get big sexy events if you share space, or you can have these tiny little events, and then you wonder why don't we get the latest game releases or the big esports tournaments yeah. or the, I mean, the, the names they bring down for like Comic-Con, for example, from a, a acting point of view, from yes. a comic book artist point of view, like serious, serious names. Well, because there are 40,000 people to be there which funds the tickets and the... Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it's it's a weird space. I don't know if you attended many kind of gaming or geek fest type stuff or...
1: Yeah, I've been to Rush, EGE, yeah. uh, Rage a couple times and, um, and for me... I mean, I always knew that there were different spaces yeah. for the, um, I guess, for different um, um, sectors of that sort of yeah. geek vibe. I find myself I really like uh, the um, the comic book sections. Yeah. I, I like finding those things that I won't find anywhere else. Yeah. Um, but I've got other friends who go there and they bought a ticket because they're landing for the next yeah. like the next. And that's three all they want to do is, is play. That games. is all they want to do. And download porn, like play games, download porn, and just yeah, just slown it, and, yeah. you know, and, and just you know chug uh master, master. Energy. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> call each other Kyle. yeah exactly and um so for me i went uh i've been going sort of on the um on the press side of things yeah. so i'll be uh, reviewing certain things there and very rarely do i feel like i'm there just enjoying the yeah. space as a geek you know Um, Sometimes I can in between, but I'm usually distracted when I'm there because I'm like, you know, concentrating and focusing on like taking photos and writing on photos, interviewing people, just, you know, being busy. Yeah. So it's like, it's a different experience for me because I haven't felt like I've been there as a fan. Um, other than maybe like if I if got all my work done I'll go and you know sit down and watch some yeah, of the yeah. esports or whatever so and it definitely it definitely has changed in the past few years particularly with um, the inclusion of uh, esports into there yeah but it's really this intersectionality between um, kind of shoving different groups together is it because the audiences just aren't big enough exclusively I think there's just this
0: assumption that um, and to be fair the people organising this are often not experts mm. and so they kind of go, oh, you gamey, geeky people, you all like the same things. But to be honest, like walking around Rush, I spent the majority of my time, you know, watching eSports because, I mean, for one, it was a massive stage. Um, And so, yeah, being able to watch was very kiff. But like, I enjoyed the geek stuff there, but it wasn't like, I could tell I wasn't there for that. You know what I mean? Like if if they weren't there, I would have felt it's fairly empty. Mm. And cosplayers always bring a great festivity. You know, like, because it's just impressive. And, yeah. you know, just right now. It's, it's like like Halloween. A sh- just a shout out to the quality of cosplay. Sure. Like, I mean, I've been going to events for geez, almost two decades now. Wow. And the quality of cosplay is going through the roof. Mm. You know, it's like, you know. Um, it so creative. It, it used to be this, you know, we do the, the, the stage that's like the amateur cosplay. And so it's someone who will dress up as like Batman. But he's basically just got a Batman mask and a T-shirt yeah. on. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. It's not a Batman shirt with like the logo and abs it's legitimately like my kid would wear Batman saves the day. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, even at his lowest, I don't know that Bruce Wayne would ever wear a shirt that says Batman saves the day on it with a Batman jumping through the, you know, kind of the ceiling. So those are the kind of things that were entering amateur cosplay, yeah. uh, you know, 20 years ago. Now it's like, it's legit. It's guys doing like body foam molded, you sure. know, kind of like torso suits. And yeah, it's, it's crazy good at how, and, and, it's great to have that at even an esports event. Yeah. And a lot of esports events will have a cosplay contest as part of a lot of Dota tournaments. will have yes, like they'll, so. they'll break the main stage for a good half an hour to an hour and have a proper, like, you know, panel judged um, cosplay sort of thing. Guys all having their own like intro music and everything. It's it's become part of kind of esports and gaming culture. And so I'm appreciative of it. But like I'll take for example LARPing. A mm. bunch of guys going ham proper medieval style with rubber weapons and you just like, don't get it. Don't yeah. get it. I'm not judging it. I'm just like, I don't get it. But...
1: I'm a big fan of the board games. Yeah. Uh, like proper geeky, nerdy board games. Um, and I like that there are spaces where people can get yeah. together and do this, right? But do you feel that putting all these sort of sections of, uh, you know, geek culture under one roof yeah. kind of like <laughs> dilutes like identity? I think what's... Mm-hmm. There's an, an identity dilution,
0: certainly. Um, I think where where they struggle is going. At the end of the day, what is the purpose of these events? Yes, and
1: who are they for? Yeah. Actually, yeah. are they for families? I mean, like if let's say yeah, there are a lot of
0: those. To be fair, like guys bringing their kids and uh, often do like a group cosplay, cool. like full Adams family or Pac Man yeah. and little ghosts or whatever. Like
1: are they are they for um, the are they for the exhibitors, like yeah. let's say for like the the mega rums, or the, to to like dump their um, their marketing budget yeah. into like a big I think big store. I think
0: you're nailing it with the second one there. And, I think um, the, the point for exhibitors, I mean the point for the exhibition hosts, mm. is to give exhibitors a chance to sell. Um, and the problem, really, and if I think back of like people's comments about how Rush was better because of Geek Fest, but the reverse was not true, is that the people who were selling like gear and all that sort of stuff, you I think you could see that like the guys selling geek merchandise, or whatever, having all these esports guys there means nothing to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. because they're not interested. They're like, Oh, that's cool. They've got some like weird t-shirts and stuff, but like mm. they don't yeah. care. They're not selling stuff. And I think the issue is the budgets from a brand point of view are so different mm-hmm. that that incurs then the cost of the venue and then I think the space cost, and I'm speculating here, but I go, when you host GeekFest previously at like a Monte Casino, it's like an open, fair sort of environment. Yeah. So for you to have a little store, it's not going to be that expensive. Mm. But for you to be sharing space with like a Samsung or like, you know, some of these yeah. brands, Vodacom, whatever. Yeah. Like what they can afford per square versus what you can afford. Like there's no way you're going to be selling enough, you know, to be able to cover your costs for the weekend.
1: And I mean, I remember particularly, you know, at Rash, uh, twenty seventeen, walking around and coming across like the MSI stand, mm. and like, you know, with their uh, thirty to fifty thousand rand laptops, like, yeah. graphics cards, yeah. and laptops and stuff. Like, who, who are those for? You know, the the you know the six to uh, seven hundred guys, you know, sitting in the in the land area. Yeah. Are they going to walk out, come down to MSI but, and but, like? Hey, oh, you know what? Hey, that uh, that looks kind like it. Just just check my other pair of pants, yeah. you, know, like you know what I mean? Mm. Like it's it's um, part of it is uh, is showing off the product, yeah. yes. But then another part is like, are you looking? Where are you looking for the audience? Yeah. Like, who is the audience that yeah. is there for that? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I, I I don't so, yeah, so yeah, I don't no go to one of those things to to drop like you know 50 k so, yeah. on a piece of hardware that I yeah. haven't researched that I haven't thought about. These guys sitting in there they've got you know yeah. they spend years on their systems they know exactly what pieces are in there when they want to get a new piece of it they're they're where you we know, not I've, an impulse buy we have seen but on the point of impulse buy we
0: have seen it go really well is at international conventions they will do limited stock and a timed special ah. so you know like how black friday some stores will go like this this price is only available for like 100 units and only for the next hour mm. and so you're like oh jeez like i don't need a graphics card that badly but at like 30 percent off and i know that they're only 100 in the whole country and that i've only got 59 minutes 58 minutes like i might yeah. just drop i might just drop some cash on yeah. it and so what they do is that the store will go um they'll reveal we've got five logitech mouse le- mice whatever left mm. and they are 300 rand off of a thousand rand uh, mouse, and you're going, That's a legitimate saving. Yeah. But there's legitimate. five of them, and you can see there are five, and someone takes, There are four, there are three. Yeah, Damn it. T- okay. And you, and you yeah. buy. Okay. And then you know that in 45 minutes, the next sale goes on, and you come back, and you go, to, Just to see, and they show that oh, there's like mouse nice keyboards. Mouse keyboards, me. whatever. You yeah. Are. And so you buy, and you buy, okay. and you buy, and you're back at the store. And, and I remember like um, where I saw it firsthand was like at Gamescom, and because that event is so huge, guys are literally texting going cool they're about to reveal the next special now and uh, someone in the in the group would have gone down to go check it out and they're like okay it's on keyboards and guys go, like oh, what keyboard this okay no no don't worry but like there's uh, almost like you're sending a recce to go yeah, like check out what I the see, special is and I it's see. always that hype and as the guy would remove the cloche whatever to like show what the next yeah. special is everyone's like okay cool they're either super keen or not keen sometimes it's like That's it's a little, uh, you know, it's merchandise. So it's like little, um, you know, Funko Pop dolls. Other times it's graphics cards, it's whatever. But so, like those stores were always busy, and there was this idea uh, that was, um, I'm only getting this price because I'm here because I'm here right now. now with exactly. tickets. and so yeah. that that I think is something that we miss out on here. Mm. Um, it's a
1: way I honestly feel that like for a lot of these guys to move, like, dead, to move products, yeah, move uh, dead stock. actually, yeah, and actually, like make use of the space that they're paying so yeah, much for, because exactly. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why we can't actually sustainably have more than, you know, two to three big sort of geek conventions in a year. Yeah. Because most of these exhibitors don't have the budgets to kind of stretch them, to be at every one. Yeah. That's like, we're either here at Rage or we're, you know, we have like a little stall at, at this and, yeah. you know, the big stall at Rage. Well, or,
0: I think that's what's going to be interesting this year is that Comic-Con and Rage are weeks, like a week apart. Sure. So I think it's like the twenty third that weekend of September is Comic Con, and the very next week is Rage, Mm. and so from an exhibitor point of view, you want to go. That's a plus because I might not even have to do full breakdown because I could probably like build my stall, semi like break it down, move it across, assemble it, and then break it down completely. So Mm. saving some costs. If I'm an international traveler, heck, Mm. even as a Capetonian, I'm going. I'm gonna. (laughs) one ticket, I'm going to be up there, I'll spend the week and then sure. I'll do some work in between and I'll come back as opposed to what normally happened, go up, three weeks later, go up again. So I certainly, that's going to be interesting because, um, you know, people are going, you know, is is Russian, is, I mean, so is Rage and Comic Con, you know, is one going to kind of cannibalize off the other? Yeah. Can they survive independently or does one of them have to reinvent itself? Because mm. um, I feel like, I don't know if you went to Rage last year, but no. that, Comic Con because VS Gaming were the sponsor and they were pretty much the only esports entity at the time. Mm. Um, they were doing all the tournaments at at Comic Con. Now there was nothing happening at Rage, oh so it was almost like Rage had to reinvent itself as, and I think in the right way, yeah. it reinvented itself more as a you're a gamer here's a place to play games. There was there were more opportunities for you as a rando to walk in and play games at Rage 2018 than I've seen in maybe the last three years. yeah. Because it come so esports focused that the only gaming that you could watch pretty much, except for like new titles that were coming out, um, you know, like the, the obligatory Assassin's Creed uh, like Stand and Cod Stand mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. The only games that were really on show were professional gamers playing. Yeah. You couldn't arrive and just play some dotes or like play yeah. some LOL, whatever. Like there was pro LOL teams and pro dotes teams, whatever. Um, whereas last year, there was plenty of things to hey you just stand in line play some games yeah you know so that's almost like been their hands been forced but it feels like that's the evolution it needs to make they need to go like cool we're actually not about esports you know we're actually more about it's a about space, the gamer space to I,
1: play games yeah and I think that's where um, I'm 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 on the same track as you you know looking at at rage sort of traditionally kind of where it's where it's come from you know I always thought of it as that place for like the gamer to take his system with his clan you Mm. know lick up together you know put their um, their mattresses and sleeping bags down the the floor and like that's that space and it's you know even in their you know in their 30s 40s they're buying that ticket every year for that experience it's interesting you say that
0: because my through chatting to a lot of people it feels like the age demographic of lands Mm. has gotten has kind of stayed the same age as in like it's the same people they're getting older and older and older Younger kids aren't really learning. Not really learning. Um, and I wondered what that is. How do you land
1: Fortnite, bro? <laughs> no, just
0: log into like PSN. Playing on my phone <laughs> on my iPad. Um, I don't know I twelve-year-olds are talking like that. But it. it's, uh, it's um, yeah. Once you turn twelve, you just become a butt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, it's what's interesting for me is that it feels like the land part. It feels like lands are dying. First of yeah. all, First and yeah. foremost, lands are dying, and I think part of that is that. It's no longer the only place you can get high-quality and high-speed internet. It he used, used to be the only way you yeah, could do it was go to land. Yeah, now you yeah. do it at home. Um, and so for uh, the kind of, the land thing has now become more of a nostalgia thing. Yeah, you know what you're saying? Yeah, it's like it's you and your clan, for a lot of guys, like, it's where they meet up. Yeah, the Capetonians so and strange. Durbanites and the Joburg guys, for once, face-to-face, get to play games you mm. know, without their chucks or whatever. They get to like, just eat trash and not worry about their heart medication and just like, yeah. do their thing for, for three days. And you know wear it at work for the next three days after that. Yeah, exactly. but it's it's become a nostalgia thing. Whereas like for kids, they're kind of like, eh, I'm always growing up with fast internet. Like it's good to be able to see my mates, but it's yeah. not a big deal.
1: And I think that's where where Rage you know kind of needs to um, put its energy uh, back into because they mm-hmm. have that uh, that community that likes to go there. And I remember the 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 last year that I went, in twenty seventeen, it felt like the the land area was a lot smaller than it used to be because okay. they're trying to accommodate all Extra these, things, these yeah. other things you know like uh, remember a lot of the esports came out of the basement because yes. it
0: used to be downstairs and yes i yes, think yes. the dgl dgl um games were still down there a uh, year before last but that some titles got upgraded onto the main stage yeah. so like dodo uh, csgo i think call of duty like a lot of those games um the the kind of Top eight and finals Mm -hmm. were played on proper stages, and so that takes up obviously space from other titles. And so, one thing that can shrink quite easily, you want to say, is the LAN.
1: So I'm interested. So you've been to uh, to Gamescom, yeah. So how would you? I mean, that firstly, that uh, is a lot bigger than what we've got going on the side. Yeah, 400,000 people. Yeah. Besides the let's say the crowd size or participation, um, what would be like the biggest sort of um, differences between? Uh, that type of um, mm. of conference and let's say uh uh one yeah like,
0: yeah so i think one of the key things they've got is exclusivity so yeah. this is legitimately like you are amongst the first people in the world to play like the, i've been playing dark souls 3 like yeah. it was like you're literally one of the first people on the planet to be able to mm. play this game who's not working at the studio sort of thing yeah. so that's a, obviously a huge draw card it's amazing to have a press pass because you can just jump line to line to line to line sure. but if you don't you queue but like you queue uh, like a 100 person long queue to play overwatch for the first time sure. then you can play cod for the first time like legitimately and there are all these massive stands with like huge branding it's very very impressive to be able to play mm-hmm. these games so they certainly have that and i will say that you know the timing of of uh, rage and comic-con in september Allows us to at least have playable code for a lot of the games. Yeah, uh, I think that's where, where EGE has always struggled. That's when Rage came to Cape Town, struggled. There's mm-hmm. nothing really ready in June. Yeah, you you at the same time as E3, like there's no new code, there's no even new news, like new like videos yeah, to show. Yeah. Because it's like I think um, uh, EGE was in June or in July, I can't remember. E3 had either not happened yet or it just happened, so it's mm-hmm. like never really anything cool to show. Um, whereas, like, there's playable code, and we've seen it uh, at the latest, like, Rage and, and Comic Con. You'll have a massive stand for a Spider Man or God of mm. War, and you get to actually play these games. Um, the other thing they do really well is that you've got reasons to go multiple days because they've got exclusive uh, talks. Um, um, Comic Con has started to do that quite well, where cool. they go, you go on the Friday, and they'll have, like, the Business of Gaming Forum for, like, so, the first morning. So if you're into, like, the business side, the marketing side of games. I do that stuff. They, they, I really they, did workshops yeah. and talks. So then but then after that, in maybe at the same time but in a different room, they've decided that, hey, people who are into game design won't be at the business gaming forum. So they've got a workshop on game design. So, but at the same time, another room they've got an artist signing from this comic comic dude. So they've kind of got a business y thing, a game dev thing, and a comic thing. Then they switch it around. So in the afternoon You've got this speaker, and and you know what I mean. That's so awesome. There are multiple reasons. You almost got to take your time. Yeah,
1: look at your itinerary. Yeah. Like, work out where I'm going to go. And it starts feeling cool, like when you go
0: when you go watch like a big band festival, mm. when there's like mm. multiple bands at different Sick. stages. You go, okay, cool. I want to see this band. Oh shit, we're gonna have to hustle from here to get there. Yeah. And that's when we'll take lunch because then there's quite a gap between this band. We get back, and you yeah. plan your whole day. Maybe during
1: lunch we can try out these few games. You yeah. got some time to stand in line. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. So you do that. That's you, awesome. Heck, you even divide
0: and conquer. You go, okay, you start standing in the line. There, we'll go get food. We'll meet you at the line. Sick. You probably won't be at the front line yet. We'll eat in the line, you know. It's all that sort of like so it creates excitement and agency, it's it its own game. It's like, how do you maximize your time usage? But there's, you, there's reasons to come multiple days. That's one thing I struggle with at the moment. It's like you buy the, the all weekend pass, you see everything on the, the Friday, right? you and come then back you're like, Saturday, you're like, cool, I'll well, uh, now nah, I'm just gonna sit there in my different. I only came three days because I have three different cosplays because I got three different Batman <laughs> saves the day shirts. I guess I'll go vape outside <laughs> of the nerds exact, yeah. <laughs> Let's go, (laughs) babe. So, I think that's one space we can get to. Yeah. Is to try and get reasons to come multiple days. I think the other thing that blew me away was Gamescom runs Tuesday through Sunday. And Mm -hmm. there's like, okay, the first two days are media days. But Thursday through Sunday, there's no dead days. Obviously, the weekend is when it gets ridiculous. Sure. When the numbers like 400,000 get hit. But like the the other days are full. Whereas, you know, you go to most of our festivals on a Friday, it's dead. And so, you want to go... What do you do on a Friday to either bring people in or to do something different? Mm. So I think for example, Comic Con does the business of gaming forum on a Friday, because the other thing is like you're not gonna get businessy people to come on mm. the weekend because they're like, fuck this. Like I'm not I'm not coming to a work thing on a on a Saturday. But if you make it a Friday, it's almost like, Oh cool, I can do this as a work thing, clock half day, uh, you yeah. know, leave at leave at twelve and it's it's been a work function I was at, you know, mm. meanwhile, comic books.
1: Yeah, I think that would be um they'll be really good to add to to something like uh like a rage yeah <clears throat> you know we we do have an indie game development uh like industry scene, yeah. in south africa and as small as it is like there's some great stuff coming yeah. out of it and a lot of you know south african devs are getting poached and taken yeah. over taken overseas to uh, to bigger companies that's because we
0: we do international quality content at south african salaries yeah <laughs> south african rates yeah, yeah.
1: You know, as long as I can shop at Woolies, yeah, oh, cool. exactly. Yeah. You know, living the dev dream. You know? Woolies instant meals, like. So that's definitely something I'd like to see more, particularly yeah. at a at a Comic Con. I think for I think with Comic Con, like a huge attraction is having these big name celebrities. Like, yeah. You'd always see a panel of like you know at least like half of the Walking Dead cast are there. Well, you can you see know. Branch. You know the. Yeah, big, you can see Branch. Uh, <laughs> Bran
0: uh, Stark, he's coming uh, down to Comic Con this year. Cool. Long <laughs> may, <laughs> may he reign. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, good thing he won Game of Thrones, because yeah, <laughs> if uh,
1: Daenerys had won, then maybe she would have come down. Yeah, it <laughs> shit. Um, Yeah, so there's that. And then, um, I don't know, interesting little tidbits at the end. I, I guess with uh, conferences sort of getting more frequent now mm-hmm. and having these uh, bigger devs uh, yeah. kind of branching off and doing their own thing with the you know, Nintendo Direct, yeah. with a state of play, um, EA doing their own vibe... Um, path of Exile for the first year <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for the first year i having you're Rickrolling Exile Rick Con uh, the yeah. end of this year with their, with their big old 10 cent money okay. and uh, one of their uh, and of their course the lead
0: up will be called the Path Path to Exile Con Path
1: to Exile Con yeah they're, they're bringing their own um, they're doing some races God, God having, I can't believe you Rickrolled me so hard there <laughs> dude yeah they're, they're, they're having some um, some uh, branded Exile Con uh, yeah. exclusive uh, MTX microtransactions okay, yeah. you know yeah. you get that that Exile Con uh, uh, helmet and back attachment yeah, yeah. if you buy your tickets. Also, a special guest speaker, David Brevik, oh, yeah. um, uh, game designer for Diablo 1 and 2, will be there speaking. Because okay. we, you know, we, all, we all love Yeah, They're the all game. basically the same yeah, game. Yeah, it's all, it's all basically the same. Path of Exile is the game that Diablo 3 was meant to be. That's why yeah. all the Diablo players are there. And that's why David Brevik's there as well. <laughs> He'd rather be there than be at fucking BlizzCon. that's so, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, thanks for the, the Rickroll. Uh, for those short, who are wondering where that was going, Tim will take any <laughs> yeah. opportunity to talk about Path of Exile. Um, Good game, by the way. Yeah, one, <laughs> one day I guess I'll try it. Uh, yeah, I think my, my closing thoughts really are that I think expos are important. I feel that it's, it's an evolving thing that I feel that sometimes, because there's no strategic outline as much, it feels yeah. like we chase whatever is the flavor of the day. Yeah. So if we go hey the thing right now is Fortnite. then all of a sudden becomes this like 20 percent of the thing becomes a fortnight event but it's not this thought out yeah. strategy i also feel like there really really needs to be some sort of calendar sharing yeah um, because russia in its first year was the same weekend as vs gaming's eFootball uh, mm-hmm. festival which at the time was like the biggest prize pool in esports history they gave away like i think 1.5 million rands with the prize sure. like it was crazy um so you had those on the same weekend. Mm. And now Rush, Yash shared the space with GeekFest, but on the same weekend, the Akasi Esports guys were having the Akasi uh, Tech Fest. And yeah, you might say they're different enough, but at the yeah. festival, they had a CSGO tournament and a Street Fighter tournament that had players having to jump around from different events. And it's just yeah. like such a waste of time where it's like, it could easily
1: go, hey, yeah, you're this totally. weekend, we're next weekend, let's do, let's do this thing. I think that's something that also uh, bugged me out because like in one, you know, at what point I, un- I understand it, you know, that you know, trying to pull uh, market share away from competitors, but at the same it's time, the stage school holidays—they yeah. all like have to be school holidays because people only time. go to these things during the school holidays. Yeah, at the same time, I mean, the, the market, like, I don't think it's big enough yeah. um, to to actually fight with each other, you know, in, in that space. And um, yeah, I think more people need to come to the table and work on like mm. you say, ca- calendar sharing. Because uh, what what kills me is you're going
0: if the logic supposedly is.
1: That we have to
0: share cultures for them all to be at the same, you know, to get enough numbers. So Comic-Con has to go like, we have to appeal to geeks, gamers, cosplayers, esports guys, all in order to have a successful, to have enough numbers. To get 40,000 people, we have to appeal to everyone. If we appeal Mm. to only one of those, we will get a quarter, you know, per But if that's the logic of how we have to get everyone together, (laughs) why would you want to be on the same weekend as someone else? Because then you're legitimately going, we're going to appeal appeal to four four groups. You're going to appeal to the same four groups because you're also going, for us to survive, we have to appeal to cosplayers, gamers, yada, yada. Mm. So you can't be at two places at the same time. I mean, at the very least, from an exhibitor point of view, if you're going, I'm, whatever, PlayStation, I only have enough money to be at one of them, you choose. Exactly. And then it almost becomes like a, a domino effect of going whoever can get the most like suppliers the at most their event is going yeah. to win and crush the other event when it could have just be okay you do this weekend we'll do next weekend and done. at the end of the
1: day like I don't I just don't think that's healthy for the Sorry. for the industry at all in, you know for any of those uh, segments of the industry because you know if you want to sustainably you know grow the industry grow your audience grow this culture that creates a market for you you know, uh, creates an audience to come to your events. Yeah. You know, year on year, you're having these spaces where people can congregate. I mean, that's a that's you know a win in itself. Yeah. You know, if there wasn't spaces for these people to go, yeah. um, you know, it, it would start dwindling. But if you are. want to go back ten
0: years or so, and I'm I'm sure there were still venues. there probably still are. We go, hey, we want to do gaming. No, gaming is satanical, and yeah. you're just like, <laughs> okay, first of all, that's not a word. It um, <laughs> sounds like yeah. the botanical garden of Satan. But anyway, it's it's there are enough people who are going, are gaming, oh, you're going to do cosplay, that's like, bloody Harry Potter, satanicals, and it's just like, (laughs) no, like, first of all, again, not a word, but also, it's, you know, it's just, that that kind of geek culture, I think, is getting more and more accessible, you're saying, we're lucky to have those spaces, I legitimately think, 10 years ago, there were venues who would go like, yeah, you can't do this here, because we're having church con the weekend after, and like,
1: like, I remember going to stay in main on Saturday with my, like, lunchbox full of Pokemon cards yeah. and like, playing in the league, like, once a week to collect my badges yeah. and shit. Like, there was only a community of people playing Pokemon in Cape Town because that was there. And oh, because, because someone the yeah, yeah. set up trestle tables, yeah. you know, and said, come join the Pokemon I I was, League. I, I thought you were going back the to drugs. Yeah. And then some kids stole all my fucking Pokemon cards <laughs> and I never went back again. So, back yeah. to drugs.
0: <laughs> Yeah, Pokemon can be brutal, man. It's Dude, it's, uh, it's, a Pokemon-y Pokemon world out there. It is indeed. Yeah, thanks a lot. I guess those are our thoughts on the uh, festival kind of culture here in South Africa. It's, don't get me wrong, it's kiff to have them. I'm it stoked. Is. I'm very, very excited for September when we have Comic-Con and Rage. I'm stoked as a Capetonian to only have to buy one plane ticket to see yeah. both of them. <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, I'll probably outwe- uh, outlive my welcome at whoever's house I'm staying at. But yeah, hopefully I have more than one set of friends. Um, But yeah, very excited. If you've got some thoughts on kind of how we can improve expos and gaming sort of events, uh, let us know uh, on whatever social media platform you are. Uh, I'm at the Gareth Woods on pretty much all uh, social medias. and I'm at Tim and a Fish. Tim and a Fish. Mm -hmm. Um, All dry fish now. Okay. And uh, yeah, this has been the Gaming Guru Podcast, and we will see you all, or you will hear us all next week cheerio goodbye for now <laughs> <laughs> to character creation screens and prosthetic dicks what a sign out <laughs> the gaming guru podcast is the best gaming podcast in the world baby